Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Let's look at 2 Peter. Uh, last week, it's a refresher. We've gone over this these a few verses here for the last few weeks. I uh, just want to remind you of, of what it is that we are looking at today and why we are looking at it. And if you look at starting in verse 2, it says, uh, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Again, the focus is on the type of knowledge. The knowledge is the revealed knowledge of God. Not the head knowledge. It's a different type of knowledge. It's the full knowledge where it's that wisdom that is inside that you, you get it and you understand. And I use the analogy of I can tell you what a candle smells like. And you can say, if I asked you what's a candle smell like, you could say vanilla. But to really smell it means you know what it smells like. And I think some of us know what God is or know who he is or know what his attributes are. But we really don't know. And so here is, this is what Peter is focusing on saying, has, has, I can't talk, multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. That as you begin to really experience him, what is multiplied is grace and peace because it's who God is. We talked last week about him being a consuming fire, that him as an entity consumes all that is not of him because he is perfect holiness, perfect righteousness, perfect love. He is these things. And we can't help but be totally immersed by it at some level. And that the things that we have that are not of him, even understanding of him that are not of him, should be burned away and purified by the knowledge of him. And it says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through, again, the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers or sharers of his divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason. Now, giving all diligence. So he establishes the reason. He establishes the purpose or the intent behind these next few verses. He says, so for this very reason, that there are precious promises found In Christ, in our Father, that we understand by these promises who we are created to be, how we are to walk, what is available to us, that we are able to share of his nature through his Holy Spirit. He is saying, in order to know this, you need to grow in the knowledge, not the head knowledge. Because I'm sure plenty of you can recite Bible verses, and I'm sure plenty of you can tell me many, many stories and accounts from the Bible. But it doesn't mean that you have truly encountered full knowledge of who God is. And here's the thing. All of us can grow in that. Amen? It's the beauty of relationships. You're always growing together. You're always learning more about that person. It's the beauty of relationship. And God is no different. And so Peter is saying, all right, here you go. Here are some steps. Because who would love their knowledge to to increase? 
Like, I'm not talking head now. I'm talking, like, knowledge. Like, I know. Like, if I were, if someone were to come up to you that did not know Jesus, and they said, what's Jesus like? Without quoting any verses, could you describe him? Because they don't need verses. They need your description. Why are you in love with him? Why do you follow him? What is it about Jesus that you like? What's he like? Well, he's the son of God, the third person of the Trinity. Yes, but they don't care. You have to think through the eye, hear through the ears of the world. They don't care. See, you have to be ready to give a reason for, for your hope. And I think it has to start with, I mean, he, how would you describe him? Is he this awful, scary entity that you're always afraid at any moment you could lose what you have because of your mistake? That sounds really fun. Sign me up. How would you, without being heady, I'm really good at that because, you know, I'm not like Jack and Sarah. <laughs> How would you describe him from here? What have you experienced from here? And so, last week we, we used the analogy and the you know, illustration of building a fire that as we continue to add these things that I'm about to read to you, it helps us to stay fruitful in his knowledge. It helps that the fire, the, 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 the consuming fire revelation of God to continue to grow and to burn. And as that grows and burns, it burns away the things that don't need to be there. And we grow more and more. And then eventually what happens, we start being conformed into the image of Jesus. Which is his purpose for all of us. But we got to understand his nature to be able to understand what we're being conformed into. Second Peter then one five says so it says be diligent give all earnestness and speed and determination to add to your faith okay faith I would say I don't know where all of you are but I guess most of us here have had a moment where we said Lord Jesus I believe in you it was an act of faith you didn't see it but you just knew something in your heart opened up and you said I need this I want this I choose to believe it and receive it right that's the starting place. That's where God got you. That's where he sealed you. Now he says, I've perfected forever those I am sanctifying. So now the sanctification process starts, right? You're being set apart. You're being cleansed. You're being purified. You're being laundered, washed. So he says, that happens in the presence of God, in the presence and the revealed knowledge of who he is that we have through his word and the Holy Spirit brings it to light. So he says, if you want more, do this. Add to your faith what? Okay, and then virtue what? And then what? And to self-control what? Perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. And it says, for if these things are yours, here's a promise. If these things are yours, meaning they may not be, but if they are and it's not enough just to have them and what? Abound. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that promise? 
For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins, meaning he has forgotten the goodness of the cross. He has forgotten the goodness and the love of our Savior, our Savior who has saved us. And the price that was paid was severe so that we could walk in this knowledge. But if we're not growing in the knowledge, we can tend to forget that. And our whole walk is now being driven from a false idea or understanding of who God is. And it's not really a walk at all. So, we're going to start with virtue. All right, it's going to take a while to get through this list, but that's good because there's so much in this you're going to see. So Peter says, add to your faith virtue. What's virtue? Anybody? Don't worry, I mean, I'm not not going to scold you. (laughs) Virtue. What? Okay, guard his commands, but, but what is virtue? Like what, like I say, you need to be more virtuous. You need more virtue. Like what, we don't really use that word a whole lot. What was that? Upright, Upright? good. Pureness. Pureness. We're getting there now, see? Mm Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So, virtue, all right, okay. Who say right now, okay, you can look at a time in your life where you, you, maybe you've added some virtue. Where do you get the standard of virtue? If goodness is measured, where's the measurement come from? Where's the standard? The Bible, the word of God. You can't have true goodness without understanding what goodness is. To have goodness, you have to have badness. So can we agree? If it's saying add virtue, what, our standard comes from his commands, his word, right? So can you remember a time in your life when you added virtue? Like you stopped doing something and started doing something else. Yeah? Did that stop? Because here it says to add it. It doesn't say just add it until you're, you know, you're cool and feel like you got it. It's, it, it's something that can continually be added because his, his word is all-encompassing of the whole person. It's not just, well, I stopped drinking. I stopped getting drunk. Yes, you added virtue. But maybe you live in bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe you live with un- impure thoughts in your head all the time. Maybe you're doing a lot of things that people can't see that reside under the surface, but you had an added virtue to that because it's hidden. Maybe you justify treating people unkindly. Maybe, I I don't want to go through the whole list, but what I'm saying is we should always be adding virtue if we're pursuing the presence of God, the revelation of God through his word. We should be convicted, right? And as we're convicted and we add obedience to that, the knowledge of him grows and we grow. So virtue means moral goodness. It means excellence, moral excellence. It's been defined as conformity of life and conduct with the principles of morality. According to Christian teaching, the theological virtues do not originate from the natural man. They are imparted by God through Christ and, then, and are then practiced by the believer. So where do we get, right? This, you can call this a book of virtue. So he's saying... 
Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Virtue. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang what? All the law and the prophets. So, to love the Lord your God with all... If I just said that, go love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. Okay. I don't, I don't know how to... I love you. I, I really love you. You see, love isn't just a feeling. Love isn't a declaration. Love is exhibited. He said, all the law, all the virtue, everything that is written in here is summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And that is done by following this. That's how we love him. This is how we love the Lord. And as we love the Lord, he reveals himself more and more. And we love him Not just through coming to church and singing hymns and listening to sermons. We love him by adding obedience to his word, to his commands. But how many, come on, just, you don't have to say it out loud. How many of us really justify aspects of this that we don't obey? We do. so So we're not loving him with all that we are. Because you're about to see how Jesus says to love him. John 14, 15. If you love me, right? If you love me, what's it say? It doesn't say some. It says keep my commandments. Where you can say, well, he's talking about love the Lord your God with all your mind. Yeah, he is saying that. And he says, and all the law hangs on that. <laughs> so you can't get around it. I'm talking about the moral law. I'm not saying you need to still sacrifice animals. That went bye-bye. We're talking about the moral law. Who God is and who he designed us to be. So he says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of what? Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be where? I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because where I live, you will live also. And that day you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Wow. He who what has my and it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love and love him and what myself to him. To exhibit, exhibit, declare, show. It's the same promise that Peter is talking about. It's the same promise. If you add these things, if you add virtue, if you obey the commands of God, you will not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is. Jesus is saying, if you keep my commandments, I'm going to manifest myself to you. Do you see how it's all tied together? Jesus is saying, come on, you all. If you want life, if you want more of me, if you want to understand who I am and who you are, obey. (laughs) Keep. It says keep. So, 
have a question before we go ahead. If to love him is to keep his commands, how do you view his commands? Like, you don't have to answer this out loud. When I say obey his commands, are you like, oh. Like, what does that stir within you? Because for me, it was something that I avoided at some level because all it did is reveal how bad I was. To me, all the commands did for me was show how short I was always falling. To me, it justified self-condemnation. To me, it justified fear. To me, see, commands were not like this, woohoo! Yes! It's like, oh. And so he says, keep, keep, keep my commands. So what is, first of all, is your view of those? And it's going to differ between all of us. Because there's one thing about the promises of God and his goodness, right? But then when it starts saying don't or do, that's when we're like, oh, oh. I just like the promises, right? I just, I, don't want, I, don't, I just like the little kid. I just want this good, don't, don't. Start imposing restrictions and it's like that, that's when the demon comes out. Everything's good as long as you're giving them what they want. So, do you know what keep means? So let's, let's land on this, because this is where the epiphany exploded for me this week. So Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What's keep mean? What's keep mean? And she went like this, okay? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Anybody else? Guard. Guard. Keep. What's it when you hear this? Keep my commands. What, what does that mean to you? Okay. Obey. Anybody else? Yeah. You see, this word he's using here in the Greek literally means, it does mean to guard. It means to guard from loss or injury by keeping an eye on. And he is using it as guard, not observe. He uses that somewhere else. In this context, he is saying, if you love me, guard. Guard my commands. Do you guard things in your house that you don't care about? No, you put them in a garage sale. (laughs) What do you guard? Valuable stuff. You guard things that you value. You guard things that you love. If you love me, you're going to guard my commands. Why? Because they're my commands. So, do you ever see yourself as guarding his commands? Because they have such extreme value. I mean value. Like it is the most important thing in the world to you. That you are guarding it. And we're going to talk more about how to guard it. But this is what Jesus is saying. He is not creating this some, some blind obedience. Just do what I say. No, he's saying guard it. Because to, to guard it is to understand the value of it. To guard it is to understand my love. To guard it is to understand who I am. And that what I give you comes from a place of love and protection and life. 
So as we talk about virtue and adding virtue and keeping commandments, it starts first with a mindset of, do you value every command in here that pertains to life? Because if you did, you would obey it. (laughs) Because we're going to see it's both. It's both. Because if, what's the next verse? No, here it is. It says this. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and what? What was sown in his heart. This can be stolen. And I don't mean someone takes that and runs away with it. Because Bibles are everywhere. Right? They're under our seats right now. You have them at your house. They're, they're online. We have, we have devotionals. We have, I mean, we have everything. And I think at some level, it's decreased the value of what this really is. And it's the living word of God, right? But yet, it can be snatched and taken away from you if it's not guarded. Let's keep going. And snatches away what was sown in his heart. Then he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Anyone been there before? It's like, ow! I got it. Yes, I'm going to live for him on a whole new plane, a whole new level. I got this. And then, yet it has no root. But endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he what? Stumbled. He loses it. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes what? This can be stolen. That's the truth. So as we guard it, first of all, what we have to understand is to guard it in the context of it is to keep our eyes on it. Meaning this has to constantly be seen and ingested and then digested. How much time are you spending with this? Because I'm telling you, this is the key to life that every human being on the earth is searching for. Right here. The ways of life and peace and fulfillment are found here. Every command is life. We must guard it. But to read it or to partially read it is not to guard it. To read it and not to do it is to not guard it. So we're leaving ourselves vulnerable. That's how we have to look at it. If all these ways are life, right? Also, Matthew 28, 20, it says this, teaching them to, this is Jesus speaking, teaching them to observe all things. It's the same word for keep. It just means observe in this context. It can mean guard or observe. So what Jesus is saying through scripture is you need to guard it and observe it. It's both. It's both. So to me, it's like having like, you know, grandma's secret recipe and she built a restaurant empire around her barbecue and she has the secret sauce and that thing is guarded 
You don't want anyone else to get it. But if you don't use it, it doesn't do anybody any good. It's both. It's both. So again, it's not just adding virtue. It's a, it's, it's a mindset. It's an understanding of how valuable this, how valuable do you believe the word of God is? Because if you really did, I'm telling you, we would be very different with what we do with this. So Jesus said, keep guard. And as you do these things, I will manifest myself to you. I will show myself to you. You will receive more and more knowledge of who I am. Again, who wants more knowledge? Now, let's look at Psalm 119. I want to see, I want you to hear what it sounds like to have such incredible appreciation and value attached to the word of God, to his commands. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. My meditation. This is how you guard. This is how you guard. You meditate on it. You get it in you. You meditate on it. You read it. You meditate on it. You read it. You meditate on it. You read it. You meditate. You got to get it in you or else you don't know how to be virtuous. And the world is pulling at you to say, no, those aren't the correct values. These are the right values. This is what you need to be concerned with. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. More and more and more. Meditate, meditate. Read, read, read. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Who wants to be wiser than your enemy? (laughs) For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I restrain my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. So to observe is to keep, to observe is to guard. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way, because it's not the right way. It's hurting me. It's robbing me and my family. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Who needs some reviving? (laughs) According to your word. Let's move to 127. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Woo! If I gave you a gift and you opened it and it was a gold watch... Really nice. Would you be excited? Like 24 karat awesomeness. And then, so you open the watch. And you're like, yes. And I give you a Bible. (laughs) Why did she get the watch? I got a Bible. But again... I'm just showing you, it's, it's, yeah, that would be cruel. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) This is the most valuable thing that you own. I wish that, I really wish 
that when we accept Christ as our Savior, that a Bible would fall out of heaven. I really do. So that we understand the supernatural nature and power of this. It's the key to everything. And as we are trying to raise our daughters in a godly way, I don't want them to know a list of rules. I was great at obeying rules, but I never understood the value of the rule. I want them to understand the value of God's protection. So when they leave the house, there's a sense that this is worth a lot. Even though I don't get it, I, I want them to know the value, not the rule. And that takes work. A lot of work. <laughs> Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. I ho- we need to get to a place. This is what the Spirit of God does. That we hate the false ways that are revealed in us by the consuming fire of God. It's like, I don't want that. Oh my goodness. I, uh, uh, right? So it's not about just adding virtue. It's all, you see how, what a bigger deal this is? It's more than that. Second Timothy says this in 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who wants to be complete? Who wants to walk in the good works that God has given you? Because there are. Correction means restoration to an upright or right state. Improvement of life or character. Come on, y'all. We're always seeking self-help. This is protection. He loved us so much. Do you know that the most valuable thing that he created was our soul? That this is just a covering for the most precious thing. And that is our soul. This is just a body that is decaying and falling apart. In many ways, and you can't stop it no matter how hard you try. Botox will only make part of you look young. Never mind. I'm just saying. We can try everything we can to make this look right, but it doesn't matter. He gave us this to protect the most precious, important part of us, and that is our soul. Our soul is eternal. What we focus on is temporary. What we tend to focus on is very temporary. It's protection. It's protection. It's protection. Who protects your kids with all that you got? Who hopes that they listen to what you say? Because you love them. So guys, I tell my daughters, if you love me, you'll just listen. (laughs) Even if I'm not around, right, Angela? Will you listen to me when I'm not around? Yes. No, my other, my other Angela. She's not even listening. See? So is this making sense? Do you see how much depth is this in virtue? Because this could be real legalistic. And it, God is not legalistic. We are. God gives us commands out of a place of pure love and desire to protect us and to keep us and to give us life. Proverbs 420, and you can come up. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. That is guarding. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. This is how you guard it. You got to read it to get it in here. You got to know it. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with diligence. Protect your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Peter says, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Amen? Amen. Everything that's wrong with us comes from the heart. Everything. Health issues aside. I almost hit myself and almost impaled me. (laughs) Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. And how do you know what evil is? (laughs) Young kids, teenagers, teenagers, whole row of you. I can't force you to read this. All right? I can't. I can only tell you that the living God lives within these pages. There is a lot of evil that you're growing up with that was not considered okay when we, us old people, were growing up. Your environment is becoming more and more perverted. There is no right and wrong. There is no evil, right? Where are you going to find out what God's way is? Because mommy and daddy won't be here for very long. (laughs) Especially if you keep living the way you're living. (laughs) Totally kidding. But we won't be with you. So, this is what I have to say to you young folks. Ready? All of you. Even Nicole, Angela. There you go. Good. <laughs> oh, he's old. <laughs> oh, right here. Sorry, I didn't see you guys. <laughs> what about them? Well, they're better than you guys. <laughs> They've been listening. You haven't. No, I'm just totally kidding. All right? Don't read this because mommy and daddy tell you to. Please don't. That's no reason to do it. It's no reason to do it because as soon as you leave, guess what? You're not going to do it. You obey them, but you have to begin to own this for yourself. Because you hit 18 and you leave high school, it gets nuts. (laughs) Nuts. And no boy is going to make it better. We do. But you see, I just, if you hear nothing else, I dare say, own this the best way you can. You don't have to have it all figured out. Whatever it takes to make it a priority or a value, do it. All right? That's funny. I wasn't looking at you, but now I am. <laughs> Let's pray, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church and everyone that is in here, Lord. Thank you that your word is relevant to every age. It's life for every age, Lord. Lord, I pray again through the power of your spirit, 
Lord, it's only through your spirit that we can even begin to understand the magnitude of who you are and thus understanding the value of your word because it's your word, it's who you are. Lord, I pray that each of us are stirred, but not just stirred, Lord, but that the enemy cannot snatch away what was planted today, that it creates tangible change in each of us to add virtue, to seek your word, to obey where we're not obeying, Lord, I I pray that for those places in us that still need to be revealed, that are not of you, that you would reveal them through our decisions to pursue you even more. But Jesus, we thank you most of all that through this, your love and mercy and peace will be revealed. We love you so much, Father, our Savior and our King. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.